Welcome everyone to today's Embraced by the Divine podcast in which I interview inspirational and empowering guests who extend the topics raised in my number one best-selling book Embraced by the Divine, The Emerging Woman's Gateway to Power, Passion and Purpose and of course I'm Michelle Mayor. The core message of this inspirational spiritual self-help book for women is that it will inspire women around the world to believe in themselves more and to feel that no matter what challenge or trauma life throws at you, there's always a chance to turn it around and to grow from the experience. The authenticity and vulnerability of each author inspires and if they can do it, then I can too message and that's what we're all about. So... Um, Embraced by the Divine can be purchased on Amazon or through the website embracedbythedivine.com. So today it gives me great pleasure to be interviewing Deborah A. Bailey on giving up control so you can get what you really want. And this is a topic that's really, really close to my heart. So I'm sure we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. Just to introduce Deborah to you, she's the host of Women Entrepreneurs Radio, which is a weekly podcast where she provides candid discussions with today's top entrepreneurs, authors and industry experts. And I feel very blessed that um, I was on Deborah's show recently. In fact, if you go onto her podcast channel, you'll see my interview and uh, all the other interviews that are there so there's a beautiful selection of things to choose from and her women entrepreneurs radio url is http forward slash forward slash db coach so that's d as in deborah b as in bailey coach dot podomatic p-o-d-o-m-a-t-i-c dot com she's got some really great interviews there and as well as being um, a host herself, a radio host herself, she's the author of several books. And her non-fiction books include Think Like an Entrepreneur, Transforming Your Career and Taking Charge of Your Life, as well as a book called Secrets of a Great Resume. Her bylines have appeared on CNN.com, More.com, DailyWorth.com. And she's been a guest on Good Days. Uh, Street Talk on Channel 5 in NYC, ABC 6 TV and Fox News Strategy Room as an expert in personal and professional career transitions. So she's got a very impressive background uh, uh, you know, uh, behind it. Don't let this put you off though. Don't feel intimidated by Deb. She is a really, really down-to-earth, very heart-centered person. That was one of the reasons why I asked if she would like to uh, be interviewed on the Embraced by the Divine podcast. She has... um, I was just really inspired by her energy when she interviewed me. Loved the interview. And you, you might think she's just focusing purely on entrepreneurs. I think in t- the course of today's interview, we can just equally as well... Uh, substitute healers, coaches, anybody who has a passion about either starting a business or getting their business that they have now into a much better place and that includes the way they feel about their business too. So I would like to uh, formally welcome Deb to the show. So welcome Deb. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just really excited to be here. Yeah, it's it's great having you. I feel um, very honoured and blessed to to have you here today. So, first of all, maybe can you just tell us a little bit about your um, 
background and, and why it is that you do the work that you do so passionately? Well, um, I could say that I started out uh, as a writer, copywriter, um, and I worked for uh, J.C. Penney and, and um, Avon, and then I was searching for something, and I, I made career change, um, and I became a computer programmer and uh, worked for companies like AT&T and Lucent, and just kind of pursued that for a very long time and felt that, well, I'm in corporate and this is the way it is and I'm not going to do any more writing because that was just silly and I can have money now. And, you know, I pursued all of that for quite some time. And then I began to realize this isn't making me happy. And around that time, um, you know, there's a lot of financial things going on and, and with IT, with AT&T, uh, a lot of things going on, I guess, really prior to, like, the meltdown, a lot of people may know about 2008, but, you know, there's always been ups and downs in the economy. And this is a time when I started to question what I was doing and why and not getting the same satisfaction. And that's when I realized I really have to make a change, and I decided to leave corporate full-time and um, go into freelance um, writing. And at that time, a lot of people were losing jobs, and they were all going out in the world. And then suddenly there was a whole mass of people who were all deciding to do the same thing. <laughs> and I realized that I don't know how to have any kind of a business. I don't know how to support myself. I don't know how to structure things. Um, this was really a few years ago, and there wasn't anywhere near as much information out there as there is now. And it was just very confusing, and I didn't know what to do. And people were telling me, you won't make money as a writer. Um, don't waste your time. Um, you know, I was hearing all this negative, and, and I realized that, um, you know, having a business or just following your heart, you know, I think it, they're, they're tied together. Because when you're outside of that corporate structure and you're saying, I really want to fulfill what my purpose is, I want to serve, that comes from the heart. And a lot of times that can also tie into your profession. But we are a lot of times told in society that they're two separate things. And I, I always felt that there's a journey involved in, in the person who decides, I'm going to put my work out here, my profession, if you're a healer, if you're a coach, anything that you feel that you want to help to lift up your environment, you can do that and also have a profession, have a business that can reward you and you can feel good about. But it's, it's a journey. I think it's a journey from within that we have to take. And I felt I was going on that journey. So eventually when I was out here, I, I wrote um, – a book, Think Like an Entrepreneur, um, shortly after I had uh, gone to coaching and published that. And then I started to do other writing because I wanted to do what I could to share my information with others. And, um, you know, kind of fast forward to now when I now I've written um, novels, and which is really what I always wanted to do. That was always in my heart, but I kept pushing it aside because of the voices telling me, don't do that. You won't get paid. You'll be starving. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to do things. And I started to say, no, I have to follow where I'm led, where I'm called. And I feel that is, is how I got to the point of understanding about giving up control because that is very hard to do. But you know when your heart is calling you. Oh, totally, struggle, yeah. Yes, between the two things can... It can be very difficult, but maybe it's what sometimes we have to go through so that we can really understand ourselves better. 
type thing. So, so tell that's... us a, a, a little bit more, Deb, about what it means to surrender and why, especially as business people, we tend to be so resistant to surrendering. Well, you know, I I think because, especially having been in corporate and been in, you know, like these top companies like AT&T was the phone company <laughs> for the longest time. So it was a very corporate environment. Um, as an IT person, I wasn't quite in the, you know, button-down suit kind of thing, but still you were within a corporate structure. And the idea of business, it's always, you know, you have an idea of someone sitting in a boardroom and being very corporate and telling you this is what you must do <laughs> and it must be this way. <laughs> and it's very stiff and you feel like I can't really be myself. And I think that when, when people go into business and they really want to be um, – you know, give more back um, as, as a healer, as a coach, as someone who wants to work with people. You feel like it doesn't work together. You know, you say, well, I can't have business and then be this other person. You, you feel like it's a fight between the two because you've been told that's not that doesn't go together. So I think for a lot of people who may decide I'm going to go out on my own as a professional and, and apply these things that I do, you feel like you can't really surrender because surrendering seems almost weak. <laughs> yeah, it sort and, of conjures up the image of, you know, the white flag being waved, yes, you know, I give up yes, kind of thing. Yes, yes. I, I can't do that because I'm out here in this world and I have to fight and I have to struggle and I can't just go with the flow because that doesn't seem like it goes together. You know, I, I, it feels like you're not using the same parts of your brain <laughs> to 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 put your work and, and business out there and also to just be surrender and be it seems like they don't go together and i think that's a lot of times when people struggle with that when they really want to do what they feel called to do but then they feel it doesn't really work in that venue and it's a struggle yeah, within it, it seems too that you know surrender is just associated with being weak and that yeah. I, you know i give up kind of thing mm -hmm. where it's it's absolutely not. It's for me. It's it's been a journey of learning to step out of my own way. Yes. You know where where I've been in that space of you know trying to force and struggle and push and figure things out for myself. You know not not asking for help. I, hey, you know I'm all right. I can figure this out by myself. You know I'm I'm doing fine here. And really, when we're coming from that space, we're our own worst enemy. You know when yes. when we reach out and ask for for help ask for advice and also take that time to to say or uh, to acknowledge that we're working within a limited mindset of uh you know what what we think we should be doing according to our filters our perceptions our conditioning mm -hmm. and it, you know there there is a vision which is so much grander and wider for us when we learn to step back so yes. did you want to talk a little bit about that well, it's definitely there for us, I, I I do believe, because, for instance, I was saying that I always want to write um, novels. I have written short stories um, when I was working in IT and those things and, and kind of done that on the side and going to running, running conferences and still kept doing that. And, and then after I left full-time work is when I, you know, went to training um, for coaching. But I always felt drawn to being a creative person, you know, I love photography, I do all those things, but it's easy to say, well, that's a hobby, you know, you don't really make money doing that. You know, you, you can you can rationalize that, well, I'll just put that on the side and do that when I get to it. 
But the writing kept pulling me forward. And just the feeling that I was fighting with myself the whole time, that I knew what I could do, I knew what I was good at, I knew what I loved to do. You know, people are in the flow. And whatever it is that you're doing, you lose track of time because you're just lost in this place where you're doing what you do and you enjoy it so much that you can't believe that you get paid for it. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) You know, you're like, how is this possible? I found this thing that really lights me up and, and also provides something to other people as well. How has this happened? You know, it's it's something we get glimpses of, but then we start to downplay it. Oh, that, that I can't do anything with that. I, I can't really do that. But we're called, and then I feel that we really have to allow whatever that is to come through. And it's hard because I think we, we, think, of, we think about it and we, we use that and we we try to be very logical. I know I do. And and I'm always at odds with that feeling that's stronger. And I'm going back and forth with that and fighting it. And, and a lot of times when you just say, okay, I'm, I'm going to stop fighting, <laughs> you'd be surprised at things that can start to flow for you oh, yes. when you let go of the struggle because you think you know best. <laughs> you think you do, but your heart space is trying to show you, hey, it's here. <laughs> it's right here. Yeah, I, I think that conditioning that we have as children of, you know, I'm sure we've had it all drummed into us, you know, you yeah. won't make anything out of um, yourself unless you work hard in life and yeah. you've got to struggle and, and push to get what you want and, you know, just keep at it, keep your nose to the grindstone, otherwise you'll never make it in this world. And that's, you know, that that programming is still running away in most of us at a very deep level. Yes, most definitely. It is. It really is. And, and, and we just are kind of don't stop and think, well, why do I believe that? <laughs> who You know, who said that that was so? You know, why, why am I following this path if this really isn't where I belong? Because you know when it's not right. You feel it. You know it's not right. I knew when I was in IT, after a while, I knew it was time to leave. I knew I was unhappy going to work. I knew I was miserable. So what I did to not be miserable was just shop and buy things I didn't need because I didn't (laughs) want to feel bad. (laughs) And and how long does the joy last in buying something? Until you get it home. (laughs) Yeah. And then you have to buy something else to feel better again. It's it's an, it becomes an addiction. And I got all kinds of things in the mail. I would open the box and put it aside, and not think anything was wrong with it. Because I guess when you're surrounded by other people doing similar things, you don't see that this is a problem. <laughs> this isn't comfortable. This isn't right. You know something's wrong here. You know, I, I would work around people who are always so tired because they were always putting in so many hours. And, you know, a lot of times because of politics and things not being planned properly. But everybody around you is tired and drained. Everybody around you eating dinner at their desk. So you start to think this must be normal. And then after a while, I'm going, why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's not normal. It's you know at least in, in terms of how I wanted to define normal at that point, I was like no this this isn't the way I want to live. 
So the, the it, only problem is I've found that a lot of people, you know, I was in a senior position in the corporate sector as well before I decided I'd had enough and didn't mm-hmm. want to go there ever again. But <laughs> we tend to transfer, or many of us tend to transfer that workaholic kind of thing across to our own business then so even if you know we've been really tired at our desk and exhausted then we just transfer that across to whatever business we start as well so I know that um, you know you're very passionate about teaching people uh, you know to to really laser focus in on what it is that they want you know their their goals and so on and what's not working for them Mm -hmm. so that they don't have to go through all of that um, struggle and trauma and stress that so many business owners go through, especially when they're not really sure what it is that they're supposed to be doing, and you know maybe they've had their fingers burnt by that, uh, you know that elusive, make your you know follow this ten step process and make your six figure dream business overnight, or you know maybe even seven figure business overnight. And so you know so many of us have got sucked into that, and we bought these products often quite expensive products thinking okay well this investment will be great because I'll learn everything I need to know and then everything will just be fantastic and I'll have my six-figure business and I'll pay off the credit card debt in no time that I've amassed from buying this product and then of course it doesn't happen or it happens for very very few of us so we feel more like a failure than ever before and just more depressed and like how do you recommend that people sort of get get off that, um, well, don't even get onto that in the first place, but just get away from that sense that, okay, well, if we're not not making six figures, then there's something mm-hmm. wrong with us, you know, the business mm-hmm. is all bad, we may as well give up, we're hopeless, blah, blah, blah. What, what sort of way do you help people to move beyond that and get themselves firmly planted in doing something that they really love? Well, actually, I have... Um a, a PDF, a free PDF download um, that deals with that. Feel feel like you're falling out of love with your business. Three steps to get the passion back. And where that came from was having a conversation with another friend who is a business owner who was so frustrated and she was doing all these things and she was like, I don't want to do this, but this isn't working and I'm, that's not working. And she was just uh, at the edge of how she was feeling. And then I talked to another one, and it was the same thing. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm talking to them, you know, putting on my coach hat um, and talking to them. And I said, you know, I know they're not the only ones because I have been down this road myself. So yeah. I took a lot of that, I, those ideas and I put that into the PDF because I said, you know, I want to just kind of encapsulate these thoughts I had speaking with them and knowing how I have felt and, you know, when you talk about buying those programs and then they're, they're so expensive, I mean, I have done the same thing, not knowing anything about business, not knowing what I should do. Someone who seems to know says, these are the steps, you know, pay me X amount of money. I do it. I still don't know what's going on. I still don't get this grand result that I thought I was going to get. I feel frustrated, you know, then you beat yourself up, then you go for the next program because you think maybe the next one is my answer. Meanwhile, you're losing money, you're losing sleep, you don't know what's going to happen because maybe you have to close everything down and maybe go back to a job that you may run away from because you hated it. It's a lot of frustration. You beat yourself up and you just feel terrible. So I put that into um, into the PDF, and, and one of the things in there that I 
I put one of the steps that I say, first of all, people should stop comparing themselves to other business owners and focus on what they actually love. What is the thing that you were drawn to? What is the thing that you're providing? What is the thing that you felt, I must do this? Because, you know, it's so easy to look at what other people are doing because everybody's thing always looks so wonderful. You go on social media, you you go on all these places, and everybody's graphics are so beautiful, and they're all having these great webinars, and everything's great and wonderful, and you feel like, oh, my God, how can I compete with that? Cause you, oh, you, yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely get that one. And I mean, that, that was one of the reasons behind Embrace by the Divine that, you know, we had to be really raw and authentic mm, because yes. the authenticity, you know, we get maybe part of the picture or something glossed over when we're looking at, you know, how, how fabulously other people's businesses are doing because they might be going through some awful trauma in the background that we know nothing about. Yes. But they're not going to tell us that. Whereas, you know, I, I really want it to be very real and honest and authentic so that people, you know, know that we are real people. And we, we've got our, you know, we've got our struggles happening in, you know, at, at home with whatever or, you know, maybe family issues or, or whatever it is. Uh, you know, and we we do that. We don't have perfect lives. That's the, right. the key point. But so many people out there present that they have these perfect charm lives. And so... If we're looking at them thinking, well, we don't have anything like that, mm-hmm. then it makes us feel worse. And that's not the idea. It's about raising us up and inspiring and empowering us, not not taking our power away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I think we can end up training ourselves because everyone's thing looks so bright and shiny and beautiful. And then you look at your thing and all of a sudden, oh, <laughs> 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 My website's terrible, you know, in your mind, oh, this is terrible. If you if you go out to meet clients, you may start to look in the mirror and wonder, <laughs> is something wrong with you? Do, you? do you need a whole new wardrobe? Do you need this? Do you need that? You're going to find all the things you think are wrong. And now you're beating yourself up and you're down. And then if your spirit is down, how can you really give to your clients? How can you give to yourself? especially we have to be filled up energetically we have to be vibrating at a high level especially you know for people who are in the healing arts or coaching professions if we're we're feeling you know flat and devitalized and drained and frustrated do you think our clients aren't going to pick up on that if we have to actually have any clients coming to us when we're in that kind of state you know these are things that are really really important so yeah I, I really like that one of you know just not comparing ourselves to what other people are doing just getting on and, and finding what your passion is and, and doing that I just want to mention that the link to that um, PDF the uh, feel like you're falling out of love with your business three steps to get your passion back is uh, available if you're on the webcast screen it's the, the link um, get Deb's free offer uh, free download uh, and whichever way you've accessed this uh, webinar, the link will be there. I won't read it out now just because it's one of these really complex bit.ly links. Yeah. So, um, uh, it, it would just confuse people. So, so look wherever you found the source for this interview and you'll find the link there connecting you. I, I loved it. I, I've read through the, uh, the download and I, I love it because it's so grounded and it's so 
real and authentic and you know you you can relate to that waking up at 3 a.m in the morning all stressed and wondering how the hell you're going to survive and you know what do you have what are you doing wrong and all the anxiety building up it's just very real and authentic it's a, a you know i'm sure people reading it will think aha oh yeah oh god that's me yeah i've been there yeah i'm oh i'm there now you know that kind of thing so very uh, grounded sensible practical advice for moving forward so highly recommended so um you mentioned before yeah let, let's talk a little bit about perfection too how we get stuck on perfection because i know that's a a big thing in stopping people from being able to surrender. I, I term myself a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> and I say that tongue in cheek because, you know, I was always, you know, the straight A student at school, always mm-hmm. doing, you know, going above and beyond the call of yeah. duty to get the top marks and all of that. And it's taken a long time to to get away from that because it's a place of extreme stress and anxiety and beating yourself yeah. up. That, that harsh inner critic voice works overtime. So, how Deb, how do we get stuck on perfection? How does it stop us from having what we really desire? Well, it's it's definitely rooted in you know insecurity because you're you're always trying to overachieve, and I feel that sometimes people are doing that to overcompensate. You know, when I was, when I was younger, around twelve, my parents got divorced. And I think I want to be the good daughter, the good child. Um, you know, we moved and, and we started a new school. And I think I want to overcompensate not to cause any trouble, always to be the good child, always to bring back the higher grades, always to just do the right thing. And there's always that pressure. And then a lot of times in school when, you're, when you are a high achiever, a lot of times teachers will feed that <laughs> because they're like, well, you know, if you didn't make this, a plus in this test well you know they're they're kind of questioning that because now they want you to you know live up to this standard that you've created and everybody's kind of pushing at you to do that and after a while it's i feel it's not really sustainable because you keep you you're willing to burn yourself out to keep reaching the standard that you think you must always reach and you must always be perfect, and you must never make a mistake, and then you beat yourself to death over it. Oh, my God, I hate myself. I hate my. You know, when you start to do that, <laughs> that's a horrible thing to do to yourself, hating on yourself. Oh, my goodness, it's it's awful. It's awful. But at the time, it makes sense. It's, it's that, you know, that tape playing in your head that keeps going on. And sometimes you don't even know what's happening because you're so used to it. You don't realize you're saying these things to yourself and you should be, you know, taking care of yourself and loving yourself and you're constantly at yourself because nothing must, you know, there must be no no way that the armor isn't perfect and shiny and, you know, and, and that's not life. It's it's not life at all. As, as we know, we can look around and see that many people stumble and fall and it's it's not life to hold yourself to that standard. So I think that once people realize that they can fall and get up and it's okay, it it just releases you from this awful burden. Yeah, it's a sense that when we're at school, we can, you know, if we're that overachiever for whatever reason, we mm-hmm. can, you know, we do have that control, we do have that potential to mm-hmm. be... The, you know, top student, straight A student, but when 
we get out of that very sheltered kind of school environment we don't have that much control over the rest of life yeah. life just happens stuff happens right. to us and we we really can't control that and that's where it's very easy for the perfectionist to go into to meltdown when we realize we yes. don't have that level of control and where it's it's incredibly important that we actually learn to to surrender to that yeah that's that's actually a, a perfect example because when you know for instance when i got into the um, you know, out in the work world, not so much when I was a copywriter, there wasn't as much pressure, but when I went to IT and into those more corporate settings, then, you know, you want to be the one who the manager always calls on. You know, you want to be the one that's always got everything always ready and they can always depend on. But the, the flip side to that is now you're the one they always call. <laughs> so <laughs> you may get that 3 o'clock in the morning call if the program blows up. You may be asked to work over the weekend because you're the one they, they can always depend on to do that. You know, there's a flip side to that as well. And then now your image, your self-image is based on being the one who can clean up the mess. But where's your life? You know, where yeah. where is your health? Where's your peace of mind? That Absolutely. Yes. That's the thing I realized. My whole identity was wrapped up in being that person. And then when I wanted to pull back, I was like, wow, how do I do this? Who am I now if I'm not this IT person in this big corporation? Who, who am I? And you, you, it's really scary when you think about how your identity gets wrapped up with your job and with the company. <laughs> it's not even your identity anymore. It's it's what that title said or how people in your company look at you or pe your friends maybe or people around you look at you. It's not you. You have to really peel back a lot of layers to find that person. You know, so when I started writing my novels, I mean, I write science fiction and uh, fantasy. And, you know, sometimes I didn't want to say that <laughs> because I figured people would say, what? <laughs> You're writing science fiction? What's, you know, what? what's that? Because some people are like, well, I don't like science fiction. Well, you've ever read it? I mean, you know, come on. So I enjoy it. It's fun. There are people who enjoy what I write. I love creating worlds, and, and, and a lot of my energy comes from that. So what could possibly be wrong with that? It's it's not anything wrong with that. It's It's fun. You know, so it's kind of interesting because now the culture is all about being nerdy, where before you would do anything then to say you were. <laughs> so it's kind of now. <laughs> now it's okay. <laughs> well, imagine me. I used to go to a lot of political functions with my partner when he was alive, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, people would ask me, you know, what do you do, Michelle? And did I want to say, you know, outright, well, I'm a healer, I channel energy, I, you know, I work with the angelic realms, and I couldn't even do that. I'd sort of mumble something about working in natural therapies and, you know, sort of leave it at that. And then I, I, I sort of got to that point of thinking, no, I actually just have to, to step out and say who I am rather than glossing around it, which took a lot of a lot of courage, especially in the circles that I was, you know, um, being called to, to move in. But on the other hand, when I eventually did take that step because I knew the people there well enough and they knew me for me, not for the work I did, then it was much easier to step out. So, that, that, you know, they, they knew that I wasn't completely off the planet. You know, I was actually quite normal, whatever that is, and grounded. 
<laughs> but yeah, it took me a long time to actually, you know, right, really right. say, you know, the kind of work that I do. So yeah, it's, it's it's interesting how we sort of hide, isn't it, into something that's perhaps more socially acceptable yes. before we, we take that plunge and step out fully. You know, I had a very interesting experience when I had pneumonia back in 2004. It was very, very serious. It nearly took me out completely. I had a near-death experience then and, you know, doctors took a while before they picked it up, which obviously made it get worse. So I had three months of recovery, of convalescence um, after I got out of hospital and it was a very interesting time of learning for me because I was not in a, a state to do anything. I, I took ages before I could breathe, even mm. enough to walk, you know, from bedroom to the bathroom. And during that time, all the identities that I'd had uh, on me, you know, like supermom, businesswoman, healer, etc., etc., I couldn't actually wear any of those hats. It was as though all the things that gave me my normal identity were just stripped away and you know what people loved me you know including my my kids they loved me just the same whether or not I was being super mum or whether or not I was lying flat on my back you know not able to do anything at all so that that was very interesting you know being in that situation of having your you know the mask that you hide behind almost stripped yeah. from you completely and seeing that people actually like you for you for who you are not for you know the the things, the titles, and the, the associations that you have with yourself. So that's a great way of moving away from the the perfectionist tendencies too. Mm, that's true, and you were kind of forced to have to learn that lesson. Oh, absolutely. And I have to keep reminding myself of that. That you know, I'm I'm valuable just just because I'm me. It's got nothing to do yeah. with you know titles and accolades or, or whatever else. You know, that people like you for you are and and that's okay exactly. uh, the other thing too I, I noticed when um, I took my business online a number of years ago too is that when I was going to send out a broadcast to people oh my god I was trying to send out a newsletter mm. I would and this is still you know very much in the perfectionist phases I would edit it re-edit it <laughs> then go back edit it some more then go back and edit it, send out a test. No, I still didn't like that. And, you know, eventually it will probably take me a whole day to send out one simple broadcast because of this terror of, you know, sending out an error, a mistake. And then eventually when I sent it, guess what? Nine times out of ten, there would be some error that I'd pick up after I'd sent it and I'd go into this agony you know oh my god what will people think I spelled this word wrongly or there's not a space between these two words or something and then it's, eventually it was this you know get over it Michelle look you know just get a grip on yourself stop doing this so now I actually get the broadcast out in quite good time but that that was also something that I think a lot of people really struggle with because that's that's you out there, you know, yeah. what you've created and, and people being able to judge you because you've got a spelling mistake or <laughs> you could have phrased something better or, you know, the word order wasn't quite right or, or whatever. And so there's that whole thing too of, of you know, uh, n not needing to be perfect. Mm -hmm. um, you know, good is good, um, but yeah. you don't have to be perfect. And then... And also getting away from that terrible fear of being judged. And I think that also ties into the surrendering thing. You know, what What if people start judging me because I've surrendered? Mm. You know, I'm weak. 
Yeah. No, no, that's not the way it is at all. It opens up the, the doors for amazing synchronicities and things to happen. So have you ha- had any really amazing um, things happen to you as a result of surrendering, you know, things that just fell into place and you, you found yourself in flow? Well, what I have um, found, for instance, I, I was trying to get out of technical writing and, I, you know, because I kind of got trapped in it. Um, I was very much into the left brain side, and I'm like, okay, how can I get out of this and get into, like, marketing, back into marketing writing or something? So I said, you know, I would love to have a marketing writing um, uh, gig, you know, because from time to time I'll, I'll take on different contracting um, jobs. And then I saw something listed in a nearby a company Actually, that was another uh, telecommunications company, and they were looking for a, a technical writer who had like marketing knowledge. I was like, "Wow, okay." So I, I applied for it, and met the manager, and it was really cool. And it was something that used my creativity, but my knowledge of telecom, you know, since I was in AT and T, came into play. And it was like, "Wow, I put that out there, and here it is." But what was so interesting was that after a while, he was like liking me so much he wanted me to stay and then I got really nervous because I'm like I can't go back to full time <laughs> I can't do this I can't do this what am I going to do oh my god you know I was I was agonizing because then how can you really turn down something it's like five minutes from home working for someone you like I mean I was like oh, I can't do this how can I do this and as it turned out one day I walked in and he had lost his job <laughs> Oh, <laughs> just like that, because of internal politics were going on. You know, I'm sure you know from the corporate world, it was a lot of things that were happening. And it was like, I'm saying, well, did I do that? <laughs> because I was, so, I was so concerned that, you know, that I put something into the universe and it said, well, we're just going to take that option away. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that anymore. So it was just kind of interesting because I said, you know, that wasn't the path for me to take because it was there and I could have yeah. had it. But it wasn't the path for me to take. And I was a little, you know, sad. Of course, it's interesting how you can agonize over something and be sad when it goes away. Um, but then I said, no, this was the way it was supposed to play out. This was the way it was supposed to go. So, okay. You know, and, and I'm sure he, you know, I spoke with him. Things will be better for him as well. But yeah. it was interesting because it was like, okay, we're just going to take this option off the table. <laughs> this is not your direction. Your direction, keep working on your book, keep going, you're on the right path. Just keep keep heading where you need to head to. You know, so I thought that, I, I, that's when I stopped. I said, you know, fine, I accept this direction. I'm going to keep doing what I do, and I'm I'm going to know that, Whatever step I take, I'm going to be uplifted and protected, and I'll just keep going, keep walking the path I'm walking. And if there's a different direction, then, you know, let me pay attention to how I'm feeling and let that direct me to where I need to go. But I think that I would never have been able to do that in another mindset. I would have either been upset that that went away and, oh, my God, so terrible, and it was all set, and blah, 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 instead of just looking at the bigger picture and saying, okay, this wasn't my path right here. But I have this experience. 
I'm glad I did. I connected with someone who, you know, who knows in the future I may do something again with him or just to have had the experience to show me this isn't your path back in corporate, Deb. Because as soon as he left, all the corporate stuff I'd run away from came right back. It was like I needed that reminder, like, hello, this is why you left. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect, perfect reminder. So you didn't, you know, just uh, out of the frying pan into the fire kind of thing. Yes, it was the same stuff I had run away from had come back after he, like he was the buffer, and then when he was gone, everything that I had left for before was there. So, yeah, it was so like, you, well, it's almost think- as though you had a little bit of higher help come in there and and you know <laughs> say, okay, well, you know, this is not for you. We're just going to make sure that you right. don't have this option anymore. <laughs> that's so. that's yeah, how I looked at it. It was just odd the way it happened. You know, I knew there was some other work going on there that kind of said, okay, we know what the right place is for you, and and going back is not it. So Excellent. you're okay. We got you, but. Okay, I'm I'm just looking at the time, Deb. I think we're getting close to the end of time now. So I was just wondering if you had any um, final thoughts or comments that you would like to add today about, you know, giving up control so you can get what you really want. Well, um, you know, as you were saying, the I hope that everyone listening is interested will download the uh, the PDF because I think you'll you know you'll find that there's a lot of good stuff in there for you to work through um, any questions that you you know have in your own uh, circumstance. But you know, the whole the whole process is it can be very challenging and very scary. But the thing is, you're just pay attention to what you feel and what you're experiencing because it's trying to speak to you and lead you to where you need to be. But we have to have the courage to trust ourselves and what our hearts are telling us and know that it's going to be okay. It, we, our heart isn't going to lead us to a bad place. So surrender, it takes strength. You know, people who That's are a nice be, way of looking at it, isn't yeah, it? Surrender it, takes strength. It does. Yeah. It does. You have mm. to be strong in your in what you feel and, and, and have trust for yourself and, and belief and all those wonderful things. You you can't do that if you're if you're quote unquote weak. You know, you, you yeah. can't surrender because you're trying too hard to pretend to be strong. You know how some people overcompensate, um, but they're covering that they're not really feeling what they say they're feeling. It it takes a lot of courage to say, I'm gonna trust. Excellent. I like that. That, That's going to make a beautiful, you know, um, graphic on Facebook, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't already done it, there's a good one to think of. I never think of these things when I'm like sitting there (laughs) with my graphics program. (laughs) Oh. Okay. Well, let's. um, If you'd like to just mention how women uh, or how people you on the Women's Entrepreneurs Radio Channel. And, um, yeah, then I'd like to thank you very much, obviously, for being on today's call. So if you'd like to just the web address again for the Women's Entrepreneur Radio. Oh, sure. It's um, HTTP uh, colon, uh, I guess, forward slash, forward slash dbcoach.podomatic.com. It's also on iTunes, so you can just do a search for Women Entrepreneurs Radio, and you should find uh, the show on there as well on uh, womenentrepreneursecrets.blogspot.com is the blog for the show that also has many of the links on there as well. 
Excellent. Thank you very much. It's been a, a delight having you, Deb. You've just got this beautiful, warm, bubbly, heart-centered energy and you know, you're absolutely the kind of person I love to interview on the show because you share your wisdom so beautifully too. So just to remind everyone um, that you can purchase my book, Embraced by the Divine, The Emerging Woman's Gateway to Power, Passion and Purpose, directly on Amazon by typing Embraced by the Divine into the Amazon search bar or on my website, uh, which is embracedbythedivine.com. So thank you everyone for listening and I hope to connect with you all again very soon. Thank you everyone. Bye for now.